Welcome to the Confident Couples Podcast, episode 41. In today's episode, we're talking to Jocelyn and Erin Freeman, relationship coaches, speakers, and the hosts of the Empowered Couples Podcast. B, what did you think of today's conversation? Today's conversation was phenomenal. I loved it to start with. And I think the big takeaway for me was agreements. What agreements do you have or do you not have with your partner? So good. Um, you stole mine. I guess we should have planned this a little better. Boom. I rather you just let me pick first. But we get into a whole host of other topics. The main focus of the episode was on social media and technology and a modern couple relationship. They have some amazing added value information and have really thought about how couples interact together and how to make stronger relationships together. I'm so glad to bring on the Freeman since they work with such a variety of couples and we can bring together their experience across social media and how modern couples interact. And we can bring that today to the Confident Couples podcast. Without further ado, let's get to it. Thanks for coming today. We're super excited to do the interview and discuss some fun stuff. And we want to dig in some of the meat around social media and technology in a relationship. I love so, that, especially because we met you on social media too. Yeah, yes. Internet friends. <laughs> Good point. There's so much going on in social media and so many people you can meet and also challenges you can get yourself into. <laughs> yes. So to get started, to give us an idea about who you are and what you do, can you tell us about your relationship and how it led you to the work you do today? Yes. Well, I love this story. And I actually feel like I have to go back in time to a previous life because it felt so different than it does today. So when we met, I was at a place where I had done a lot of personal development and I was growing. I knew what I wanted in a relationship. I had let go of my past and I knew I wanted just an extraordinary relationship. And he was not there. He was very in a actually he tried to break up with me to be well real. i mean you know, for, <laughs> first and foremost i spent five and a half years doing advanced calculus so when you said personal development i thought what more development do i need yeah what do you what do you mean i can do calculus i don't need anymore right and so i really introduced him into the world of personal growth and that you can grow your mindset you can grow as a person you can get past fears you can let go of the past and that was so new to him him, and he had fears from the past. So yeah, he tried to break up with me. Long story short, I called him back 10 seconds later and said, no, that doesn't work for me. I can't let you break up with me because of fear. And he goes, I'm in. Okay. Okay. I'm back wow. in. <laughs> and just really what happened after that, it really, we committed to such an authentic growth oriented relationship from that point on. And we went into personal development together. And what we noticed, because we actually started a business together in the health and wellness industry, and just our brand attracted a lot of couples because we were posting like workouts together as a couple and us cooking as a couple. So our brand attracted a lot of couples. And what we noticed was they'd say, okay, thanks for helping us with our health, but actually, can you help us communicate? We can't do that. And you seem to be pretty good at that. And can you help us resolve this argument? And how do you set goals as a couple? And we thought, we we're like, there really isn't anything out there besides counseling right now. You know, there's personal development for the individual. And then there's counseling if you really feel like you're in this point of, you know, crisis or you don't know what else exists. And we looked up and there really wasn't anything. So we said, let's create it. And we didn't just do this haphazardly. We went through a lot of training. 
leadership and coaching development design and experience. Yeah. And experience Just saying this is what we're going to give our life to. We have to see our own challenges as places where we're going to learn and grow, not for us necessarily, mm-hmm. but for those that are going to come after us with the questions. Exactly. Yeah. So now we've been doing this for years and we've reached over 500,000 people, which is pretty surreal. And yeah, we're just really out to have it become normal and mainstream for couples to grow in their relationship and learn relationship skills that none of us got growing up. So that's the long and the short of it. Well, that's great. That's so interesting. I actually felt a lot of the same way that there's a lot of kind of relationship information that's on the defense after things are already going wrong, but there isn't a lot to empower couples to have a strong relationship from the beginning Mm -hmm. and to learn how to deal and grow with things together. So I love that you're doing that work. How long have you guys been together? We've been together now six years. Awesome. So when you guys started the business and you made the transition from what I would call your athletic and fitness business over into the relationship side, can you tell us more about that transition and working with couples in a professional setting? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some people... Like some couples would come to us for, hey, I want to grow a business. I want to start a business. We've been working in our own separate corporate jobs. And we love the idea of financial freedom, of having more time together, of really more so taking what they feel like their relationship could represent or could really mean together and, you know, monetize that. I mean, that's the dream, right? So a lot of couples would come to us with a very entrepreneurial spirit and notice that, you know, we actually haven't spent that much time together, meaning Jocelyn and I spend almost every minute of every day together. (laughs) So some couples see that as, oh, I don't know if we would be able to do that without some guidance. How do we define the roles and responsibilities? How do we actually run a business? And then it's like a natural conversation of, well, what about the conflicts? What about communicating more effectively? What if we get upset at each other how about achieving and having our goals be realized, but how do we make this differentiation between our romantic side being intimate, having the sexual side of our relationship really be thriving just as much as this sort of business partnership? So I don't know if that fully answers your question, but a lot of couples will come to us with sort of the entrepreneurial, and then it's just such a natural progression into, well, we certainly need relationship skills together as romantic partners just as much as business partners. Well, if I could jump in too, you know, it's been an interesting journey and I don't know how many entrepreneurs listen to your podcast, but we were kind of speaking to a totally different audience when we first started because we were so passionate about entrepreneurship. So we did attract a lot of entrepreneurs. And now that's really about maybe 50% of the couples who engage with our work. And the other 50% are couples who, you know, maybe they've done personal development. They like to read the books, they go to the seminars, they watch the YouTube videos and they're saying, okay, we're both growing as individuals, but it almost feels slightly like we're growing apart. And how do we grow more together? How do we get into what we call relationship development? So we're really now attracting a lot of couples who have no interest in building a business together, or at least not right now. And they're just like 
hey, can you teach us these skills that no one taught us before? So yeah, again, that's kind of, I hope that's answering your question, but it really came from us just starting to speak, getting out there, speaking at events, leading our own workshops. We've been leading couples events every single month now for almost three years. And you know that's attracting people. And yeah, so that's how I would answer that. Oh, great. Well, that leads me into my next question, which was to learn a little bit more about what professional work you're doing with couples now, what different things that you offer in your business. Yeah. So well, overall, our entire kind of company is Empowered Couples University. And it's a university because we want to play on, you know, just how much we pursue going for our professions to school. This is like school for your relationship. So we have courses from level 101 to 404. So we've got like self-paced courses that couples can do. And everything is designed for even the busiest couple. So everything is broken up into chapters that are consumable. Even if your kids are in the back of the car and you need to listen on the go, or you're cooking dinner together and you're listening to a chapter. And then we also do private coaching. That's our level 303. So we would get on Zoom with couples and talk to them two on two and be able to dive in. And I think what's really cool about how couples are receiving this a lot of men especially are saying, you know, it's really cool to have both the male and female input because some people can get either a coach or even a counselor and it's one person. It's a male or a female. So they love that work with a couple. And then also our highest level kind of 404 course is relationship coaching certification. So we actually train and certify other relationship coaches and teach them how to build the business and how to coach couples So that's kind of our whole Empowered Couples University. And then also lead in-person workshops, which we absolutely love. We could do that every single day if we could, if there were events filling every single day. That's awesome. It's like you're doing the work that we should have learned in high school. We're supposed to leave high school with an education that you can go out in the real world and they miss so many things. And so much of our relationship stuff that we do and that you guys are doing and that others are doing is something that we either learned from our parents or picked up along the way from the internet and for you guys to consolidate it up and make a transferable and so that people can learn is awesome. Yeah. Curriculum. Yes. Cool. Well, I'm really excited to have you guys on with us because there was a topic that has come up a lot in questions from our competent couples, and we don't always feel that we have all the answers. I mean, that topic is social media. I think that it plays a role in every single relationship in modern times. And since you guys have worked with so many more couples, you probably have a lot more experience talking about this than we do. So I'm hoping that we can dive in and talk about social media and technology and the impact on relationships. And so to kick it off, I'd love to ask you, what are you guys seeing as some of the things that affect couples and some of the greatest challenges around social media with couples? Well, it's really great that you bring this up, and I'm so glad we can have this conversation together. You know, social media is such a great thing. We can connect with more people faster in such a larger reach than ever before. So that's certainly a positive. And so there are some setbacks. And the main thing that we see for couples is pretty much that it's just a distraction. And that might not sound like that big of a deal, but when you start to think about your day in the life with your partner, with your spouse, Maybe you come home from work or maybe you're hanging around the house on the weekend and you're in passing. What's easily predictable is that 
one person is on their phone or one person is on technology. And so you start to feel disconnected, like you're in the same space, but you're not really because one's focused elsewhere. Or you're trying to have a conversation with your partner and they're actually just on their phone. So you're only getting maybe half of their attention. So the problem with that is basically understanding. I mean, that's the main thing to me is that for love to be present, for you to be more connected with your spouse, your goal is to understand them more and more each day. And to be able to do that, you have to truly listen. Now, I know I'm kind of going deeper here, but to be able to truly listen, you have to be fully present. I mean, you have to be looking at them. You have to show them that you're present with them, that you see them, that you're with them. And when that listening and that that attention is there, now you're able to understand them more. Now you're actually in a conversation where you're getting to know each other deeper. And it's not just the fun, happy things. You know, if you think about it, intimacy, getting to know your partner at a deeper level is not just the things that they enjoy. It's also knowing what causes them suffering, what things make them sad, because the more and more you know about your partner at that kind of level, the more connected, the more intimate that you are. So I know I said a lot, but to your question, it's just that when technology is not used with what we like to say agreements, that you don't have particular times that you use it, and all of a sudden, either partner can be at any time on their phone distracted and basically not having their attention with their partner, and then the partner tries to have a conversation, and it's really just like what we talk about, having a drive-by conversation that's really sparsed up and really not very focused. Yeah, I'll even give an example that really portrays what we hear pretty often and pretty repetitive, almost sounds the same. One gal was sharing with us, and I won't share names, of course, that she feels like they're together a lot at night, you know, after work and they have dinner together and they're in the same room. And she said, but I don't feel connected. How can I not feel connected when we have four hours together every single night, you know, in an hour together in the morning before going to work. And that's a really common experience is this, how do we know what's keeping us from being connected? And a lot of times, well, I ask them, so what are you doing during that time together during those four hours? And they're like, well, to be honest, we're sitting on the couch the TV is on. I have my phone in my hand and my iPad is next to me, right? So they have all these stimuli, the TV, the phone in their hand and the iPad. And I said, well, why? And they're like, well, it's just kind of habit. It's just what we do. You know, what else would we do instead? So a lot of times couples don't even really know what they would do with their time together in the evening to have quality time. So therefore they're not on their phones distracted. It's like, what would we even do? Do we just go outside and play like we're kids or what would we do with the time? And so I, going back to what Aaron said, they're missing some agreements. And Aaron actually even reminded me last night, we had a really productive, <laughs> great day. It was an awesome day. And I went to grab my phone as we're relaxing. And he said, well, well I just got to say, it's funny. She didn't even have her phone. She had put it away. So she asked me for my phone. So I like, tossed it across the couch. So not only that, she's on my phone on technology. And then I look over and I'm like, what are you doing? I thought you were just looking up these new shoes that we were buying. And she said, well, I'm on Instagram. I said, no. Well, because, all right. And here's what's funny about it. So I have made this agreement with myself, which yeah, has helped tremendously, where I put my phone literally away. It is face down 
silent by our bed, like where it charges. And I don't look at it after I try 6 or 7 p.m. till the morning. And that's helped a lot so that I'm not distracted. But I did happen to grab his because I was like, oh, let me check Instagram. And he reminded me, he said, hey, remember, we don't look at the phone when we're sitting here and relaxing together. And I go, okay, thank you so much for that reminder. So do you want to actually a takeaway for the audience? You want to give them an example of setting up time frames? Well, yeah, definitely. Thanks for the question there, yeah. husband. <laughs> As we're doing this little mini interview inside your interview. No, I love it. I was going to go there soon. So Erin, take it away. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think just simply, number one, what's an agreement with yourself too? Like what's going to support you? So it could be as simple as, hey, after 7 p.m., I'm going to put my phone face down on silent in another room. And then together as a couple set a time, you know, Hey, we're not going to look at our phones after X time. And then in the mornings too, that's a quality time. You could be having 15, 30 minutes together while you're getting ready for work, getting connected, setting your intentions, getting your mindset right before you get into the looking at social media and the news. So I think the morning and the evenings, and even like Sundays, I think Sundays can be a really special day that you can create an agreement around. Unless you're a business that's running uh, Facebook ads, then you actually want people to be on their phone so they click on your ad. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're describing like the best thing you can do for your relationship is to become the advertising bots for your spouse and say, or for your partner and say, you know what? I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen, cookies, track everything you do and yes. provide and present to you exactly what you want, when you want it on your screen. Exactly. <laughs> Great analogy, bud. <laughs> In one way, shape or form. So how do you see couples using social media and technology productively? There's obviously two sides to every coin. One side is what we just talked about. Here's the challenges. And the other side is that there's also, it's a big tool and a huge opportunity to take advantage of uh, a cell phone, Instagram, social media, email, all this other stuff. So how do you see people productively using it? Or how do you engage in your clients and the people who come to your workshops to think about technology differently and use it better? Well, that's a great question. What came to me immediately was just for couples that do spend time apart, maybe they're at separate jobs or one travels a lot. One of the biggest things that we've noticed is just to be able to send your partner a message. We actually were talking to a couple. They don't even send a message like text. It's just like emojis, right? So now you have like emojis or emojis, or you can, you know, have like your avatar. Or send each other Instagram posts that you like. Yeah. So primarily when you are apart, I think to be able to use technology to let your partner know that you're still thinking of them, I think that is a powerful tool with technology. Now, as we say, like text messages and Social media messages are not meant for communication, more so for information, but it's a way just to say, hey, I'm still thinking of you. This isn't something we have to like be deeply connected on, but if I'm traveling, if I'm away, I'm still thinking of you so that when they do get back together, they still feel like they were somewhat connected as in they were thinking of each other, even though they didn't necessarily have to be talking. Yeah, I'd also add to, I mean, in the world of social media and I think just even all technology, there's a lot you could be looking at. And I think we have to be very conscious of what we're letting into our orbit. Like what are we letting penetrate our minds? So I would say how we use it constructively is 
I follow in particular people who are very motivational, inspirational, good examples of relationships, entrepreneurs, just people with a positive mindset. And I'll even share it with him. I'll say, Hey, you know, I read this post. It was super inspiring. Here's what I took away. I think this is something we could implement in Mm. our relationship. And I noticed that some people with our posts will say, Hey, I sent this to my husband and we're going to implement this. We're going to try this. And I think that's it, something. It could be like a podcast episode. Podcast mm-hmm. episode. I But then the alternative is to just be letting somebody's negative criticism, talking about this is what's horrible in the world and here's what my partner did that's not great. So it really depends on who you're following, what you're letting into your orbit. And we would, I think early on in our relationship, a big thing we did was pay attention to our community. Who are we spending time with? Who do we follow? Because we knew that our relationship, our life was going to become the average of the five people. And we say couples, the five couples that you spend time around and let in influence you. And so that's when we started to say, okay, we're all of our friends previously were posting a lot of pictures of like drinking on the weekends and, you know, Sunday fun day by the pool with the, the drinks. And we go, oh, maybe that's not what we want to be following as much anymore. So switching it instead to more of the influencers and motivational people that are posting positive content. I really like that. I think that it sounds like you guys really have an agreement about what type of content that you consume and what type of accounts you follow. But what about for couples that aren't on the same page about that, that, you know, maybe someone's following a lot of things that their partner thinks is garbage. Do you have any situations where you've helped someone work through something like that? Or um, what advice would you give? This is such a relevant topic right now. We're actually going to this week record a podcast on how to get your partner on board with self-development. So because (laughs) literally you're like the hundredth person that's asked that similar question in the last two weeks. Because that's very common. Couples almost feel like, or maybe one person in the couple, my partner isn't on the same page as me. You know, they they aren't looking at the motivational speakers like I am. They're not reading those personal development books. And I think it's definitely having a conversation. I literally will ask the person, when was the last time that you talked to your partner about the fact that that's important to you? And they'll be like, well, I've made like small comments. I've said... I can't believe you're following that person. (laughs) And I'm like, well, that's not direct. That's not very clear. That's kind of passive aggressive. And so being able to go up to your partner and just say, hey, I'm committed. That's always really powerful to start with what you're committed to. I'm committed to us growing together. I'm committed to us being the best versions of ourselves as individuals and as a couple. And I think we can be even more conscious of who we're letting influence us. Are you open to talking about this? So being able to have an open conversation with each other, being honest with the commitment to getting better, not to fixing your partner, not to changing them, not to saying that they're doing something wrong, but just that you're trying to make positive strides forward. I just thought of a formula. Do you like formulas? (laughs) For sure, Sure, yeah. You know, for an audience member, that could seem like, oh, That's going to be a tough conversation, but just to kind of bring back to what Jocelyn just said, number one, if you share what you are committed to for the relationship moving forward, not talking about the past, I'm committed to this moving forward. That's one. Number two, ask them if they would like to be a part of that. So like invite them in and be a yes to that commitment. And then third, I think this is powerful. 
ask them how they would like to go about moving that commitment forward. That's awesome. I'm writing it down. Yeah. <laughs> so you talked about, you know, who we consume too. And what about what I would call like a trust breaking event? The internet's a scary place. People get involved in communities and look at things and consume content that they shouldn't be. Or, and, you know, I'm one who's avoided most of this because I never got on Facebook. I was not a big computer guy growing up in high school. So I avoided a lot of those challenges, but joining this and getting on Instagram, I made some missteps along the way. And how have you seen couples get out of that or recover from something like that? Well, trust breaking event. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, quick question before I even answer that. When you say, how did you put it? I even made some mistakes in that. Yeah. Like following, liking photos that you shouldn't like doing things because it's a good example. Like Sarah got on my phone once and was like, oh, I've seen you liked this model's Instagram post. And it's like, that's not exactly what I want to be doing with my time. And she's dead nuts right about it too. So I've had to learn that that's not a good use of my time either. But I made these mistakes and as an adult, not as like a 17 or a 16 year old, because I've gotten involved in social media so late. So it was not a big deal for us, but for other couples, I think it's a big problem. And they don't know how to communicate about the topic and how to change behavior and move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it goes back to even something Aaron mentioned earlier, which is not the sexiest word, but it's so powerful. And that is having agreements. Most couples, 99.99% actually, have no agreements in their relationship. They fall in love and then they get married, they make vows to each other, forget the vows, and then they then have a whole bunch of assumptions and expectations. Yes. And those are not agreements. Exactly. There are so many assumptions. So an assumption could be like, he won't like and follow any women mm -hmm. who, you know, wear scandalous clothing. I could be making that assumption. We've never had a conversation about it and made any agreement. And that's what's missing in every area of life. This is, I'll get to the specific social media trust thing, but even as far as house things, intimacy, communication agreements, conflict resolution agreements, money agreements, agreements are missing because we aren't taught about it. It's not sexy to bring up, you know, in the first year of a relationship, it feels like it's very serious. And do we have to have this serious conversation right now? Yes, you do. It's super important to have agreements. And so now when getting specific to social media, what's missing is having clear agreements there. So you would maybe sit down as a couple, if this is something that has come up for you and say, Hey, Again, we're committed, going back to the commitment, we're committed that we're on the same page, that we really feel a sense of trust with each other. We feel like a partnership. So what do we agree on when it comes to social media? And then go specifically, hey, do you feel like we should be conscientious of women and men, you know, the opposite sex, who are wearing clothing that, or less clothing? Should we be conscientious of that and not follow them? Okay. I agree. Yeah. You agree. Okay, good. Now we have an agreement. We have a promise because without a promise, there is no word, there is no commitment. And that is one of the most powerful things. I'm actually getting goosebumps because we're marrying my brother and his fiance in uh, two and a half weeks. And one of the things that, awesome. yeah, we're so excited. And one of the things that we're going to talk about, I hope they're not going to listen so they don't hear this, but we're, <laughs> we're, you know, when are they getting married? Um, I know so it'll be November. Yes. 
It's going to come out after the. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so they the won't hear this. Out after. <laughs> but in that, in the ceremony, part of what we're going to talk about is your promise is the most potent words you speak. And when you give your promise to your partner, you are literally putting your power behind it. You are putting the most powerful energy that you have into that, your word, your your declaration, who you are. And that even applies to something like social media. So we make that promise. Now, what happens if you happen to look at your partner's phone and they like to post? This was con- this actually came up in the last couple's workshop that we had in Arizona. I was working with one of the couples and she was saying it was actually she had been messaging a, a guy who's an entrepreneur and saying, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. Your post is incredible. And he looked at it and said, I can't believe you're saying those kind of things like that feels so intimate that you're complimenting him so much. And so we talked about number one, you're missing agreements. But it's also really getting clear on what you feel is appropriate communication and inappropriate communication, which is different for everyone. I'll give you a quick example. Aaron is so friendly that he's even been to car washes and has connected with a female and said, hey, we're going to this group community event. Do you want to come? Well, I wasn't threatened because it didn't feel inappropriate to me. So everyone's boundaries of what's appropriate and inappropriate is different. And the mistake you can make is assuming your partner sees it the same way. You've got to get really clear and then be able to make that agreement. It's great. Totally agree. What other challenges are you seeing around social media or things that you think our audience members need to think about as they approach social media as a couple? Well, this is one thing I was going to add because your question was about restoring trust. So with everything that Jocelyn said, what makes it difficult for any couple to get back to a place of trust is when the other partner is constantly questioning, well, let me see your phone. Who did you like today? What did you comment? What did you look at? And that's kind of an obvious place for that person to be in because there has been some broken trust. So, But what needs to happen for the other partner that has been the one that broke the trust is that they feel that they have the space to prove themselves again, to hold to their promises. So what actually has to happen, what Jocelyn was talking about, you make the promise, but then one partner has to say, okay, I promise I'm not going to look at that type of post or follow these type of people anymore. And can you trust me for the next day, right? Make it really short term. And at the end of the day, you can kind of come back together and check in. Did you keep your promise? Okay, great. Now, the next week, you might say, okay, can you now trust me for three days? And you keep on going on and on. Okay, can you trust me for a month without questioning me? And that's pretty much how you eventually restore the trust without one partner feeling always being questioned and then the other partner feeling like, I don't know if they're doing what they're saying. But you have to give that space for the person to repair their word and their promise And then at the time agreed, come back and say, was the promise and word kept? So I wanted to put that in there because Mm -hmm. it's really important when you're always questioned, it's really difficult to get back to like, hey, I've been trying to restore a promise, but you're questioning, questioning, questioning me all the time. Yeah. I love the agreements that you talk about because that's, we've had agreements in our life in other ways and they've just kind of happened organically and naturally with our finance stuff that we, money planning that we do together and our communication practices, it's all happened organically, but to have somebody say, 
this is the defining process that we take and why we don't have these, why we have these agreements and why nobody has ever talked about them before is also kind of mind blowing at the same time. The fact that we have agreements and we never thought about how that's a process we went through. Yeah. And how we're not taught that just still going mm-hmm. back to the work you guys are doing that nobody's teaching couples how to do this. We're just learning things from our peers. And mm-hmm. a lot of that learning comes from our parents too. And not everybody's parent has the best relationship with their partner either. So sometimes you just get bad teachers. Yeah. Well, you know what? One thing I just thought of, and I want to also hear from Jocelyn on this, it really does come from experience. You know, you have to have people that have gone through this and come out the other side and like share what they did to move past that. And the reason that we don't really pick it up from parents per se is because we do live in a different society. We do live in a in a more modern set relationship world where our parents and our grandparents did not have technology. They did not have social media. They did not have this ability to look at things instantly that could be harmful. So we really do have a whole new set of, I mean, I'll say issues, but they're just kind of being presented in a different way than they ever have before. So it's almost like, you know, we're all trailblazers. Like we all had to make these types of mistakes, but then be committed to repairing it or discovering the skill needed and then share that with other people. Because again, we're facing sort of different types of challenges at the root. It's kind of all the same thing, like trust, communication, understanding, but it's showing up differently in our more modern society and in more modern relationships or marriages. Yeah, I was thinking about those differences in the time that we live in when you were talking about sitting on the couch, watching TV, but also being on social media on your phone. And I said, you know, it used to be that TV was something that we actively did together, uh, that sitting down and watching a show actually, I felt like kind of felt like bonding because we actively watched it and we'd react to things at the same time and we'd discuss what was going on in the show. Now I think we're both on our own devices while a TV show is on and that doesn't feel like a connection. It doesn't feel like you're actually engaging in the same activity. So even just the last few years, what we do at night is kind of driving us apart. We're not watching The Bachelor every (laughs) every Wednesday night with your mom and dad like we did when we were in high school. Yes, they're getting very invested in it. Yeah, <laughs> complaining about who got that final rose. Yes. I was very well, focused even on no back- mistakes in front of my future fa- to be future father in law as a sixteen year old, seventeen year old bud. So I love it. Yes, so true. Well, even going back, I loved your question, even asking what else should couples be looking out for when it comes to social media? I would definitely look at your mornings, right? What are you doing with your mornings so that you're getting into a positive state, so that you're setting your mindset and focusing on your goals? Don't get consumed by what other people are creating and what they're up to in their life if you're not moving your own goals forward as a couple. It could be financial goals. It could be health goals. It could be that you want to start a business together. Any goal that you have, be very conscientious of what you're doing with your mornings so that you don't get caught up with other people's lives first. Now, Mm -hmm. even right to, you know, spin off that, what we notice is a lot of people are getting caught up in other people's goals they're seeing on social media. So what I mean is, One couple could be looking at, you know, a person and go, 
maybe I want to do something like that. Maybe I want to climb that mountain or actually I want to start that business when they really don't want to. They're just getting into comparison mode and they're starting to have their goals get projected into their mindset. And so some couples will come to us and be like, we want to start doing real estate investing and (laughs) we want to make a million dollars. And we're like, why? It just looks like we should. Because Granolina Cardone make it look so fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah, and they don't have an actual why behind it. They're just getting caught up in what other people are posting on social media. Maybe I should want to make a virtual business. Maybe we should be training for a 5K. We should be pursuing We should be traveling the world. I should have a Bentley. Let's get a jet. Yeah, and (laughs) so just getting caught up in other people's goals not getting really connected to what we call your personal couple's vision. You know, what your vision is truly from inside, which is not about having to have your life look like anyone else. It's what you two really want to co-create as a couple. So I'd say really getting clear on how you're filtering the lives you're seeing on social media. I just thought of one other thing, if I can add in real quick, Sarah and Bud. Yeah. I just realized that One of the things with social media is you pretty much only see people's results. So exactly what Jocelyn was talking about, you get into comparison mode and all you see is the outcome. We don't really see what it took for people to get there. So it seems like, oh, that would be so easy. Yeah, we should be standing on stages. We should have have a jet. We should have a million dollar seven figure business. So you compare the result, but you don't really see the seven to 10 years, the the 10 books that what Rachel Hollis had to put out before her first one was even a hit. So what we don't see on social media is the effort, the attention, the time, the skills that were built. And the social media, actually, if people were posting more about that, I think that would give people a whole new set of, hmm, I see what that took. Is that in alignment with our vision? And is that something you want to pursue, knowing what that's actually going to take rather than just looking at people's results because that's way easy to get into comparison mode? Yeah, I mean, we never post a picture when we're doing our nightly ritual over dinner where we're talking about our day because that's boring and it's the same table in the kitchen every oh, single night. But I don't want to see that. Reel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not the highlight reel. We get stuck in, we all get stuck into the, it's the highlight reel. That's all we're trying to post. That's yeah. just, we said, and then the highlight reel feeds other people's connections to, well, this is what I think my life should be like. So then that feeds more highlight reel that then it just continues the cycle over and over and over again. It's yes. like, don't, well, one don't more go thing. online and judge me by my highlight reel. Yes. One more thing. Or judge that, yourself by my highlight reel. Sorry, Josh. No, no, no. Sorry. Sometimes it's hard to tell with the technology of when someone's paused. And so it really jumped out at me actually. It's so interesting. We'll have a couple reach out to us who wants to do a coaching call and they'll be like, oh my gosh, we cannot solve this disagreement. We are so frustrated. And literally (laughs) yesterday they were in Fiji on the beach, posting a picture, looking so happy, Uh, margarita uh, in hand, 
smiling, got the tan. And we were like, so that Fiji picture we just saw yesterday, were you arguing then? Yes, we were so mad at each other. He actually just walked away. I was pissed, but I took a picture of my feet in the sand. Right. <laughs> Is this a true story? Oh, literally. We have this happen. No way. One of the most common things is you would not believe the, the happiest looking couples on Instagram reach out to us for coaching because you know they're only posting the positive. They aren't mm-hmm. posting the real challenges they're going through. It's so common. That's so interesting. I know at least one couple that you know I've heard that is having issues, but every time I look at Instagram, they're off somewhere great and they're having a wonderful weekend together and that's when I realized that not everything on Instagram is true. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so this is a dumb question, but I'm dying to ask it. And that's what I do sometimes is ask dumb questions is, do you think that couples really need to make the public professions of love Mm -hmm. on social media? Like, do we need to do the birthday posts? Do we need to do the, I think my last happy birthday to you was like, insert squishy, lovey-dovey, uh, you are my statement everything here. statement yeah. here because I'm, I, maybe I'm just counterculture about it, but I just don't, if I wake up and I tell you that I love you and I do the things that I'm supposed to do as a husband, do I have to do them online for the rest of the world to, I love <laughs> to be a good husband? I would say there is no have to or should. It's also goes in line with, does that matter to your partner, right? Will your partner experience that as public appreciation, right? For Aaron, words of affirmation are his love language. So if I acknowledged him in front of a group, whether that was an in-person group or online, that would likely mean something to him because it's a public, actually he's shaking his head. No, that wouldn't I thought you were going to say a different direction. If you, you know, public acknowledge me in front of a group in person, that would be huge. But not online. I'm, well, I'm not really online except to, uh, yeah, interact with other people. Yeah, it wouldn't matter to me. Online. Okay, yeah. I think it just matters. <clears throat> if it's happening in our own life. Personally. Yeah, I think it depends on your partner. But I would say that I think it's super important that people are posting meaningful, authentic messages about their relationship. And it could even be, hey, we resolved this disagreement and here's why I'm even more in love with them by working through that conflict. I do think that the world, I mean, there's so much negativity out there, politics, health, this celebrity. And I think the world can use more authentic, not fake, but authentic posts about their relationship and love and how they're appreciating their partner through the challenges. That I think would be really powerful if there was more, hey, here's what we learned by going through this challenge. Yeah. To summarize, I think for me, it all depends on your intention. Is your intention to post on social media to the world so that your partner feels connected and acknowledged? Because that's probably not going to be it. But if your intention is to share about your relationship, well, because this is our life, you know, we have challenges, but our our life is about sharing that with couples so they know what's authentic in relationships and the skills to be more connected no matter what season, no matter what challenge. So social media for us is about, about posting our relationship such that it benefits other couples. Uh, for me personally, I can't see much of a benefit to post on social if my intention is for my partner to understand or to be acknowledged, you just want to do that in person. Let's just say there is no right answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's probably Bud's pet peeve because he's like, why does everyone have to read it if I said it to you? And I'm like, I'm fine with that. I I don't 
need some sort of special anniversary message. So we're good. Well, I do post them, so you probably will be annoyed by mine. <laughs> not, not annoyed at all. All right. Well, I think this is really helpful. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to add regarding social media or anything else that the confident couple should hear? Well, I would say, so we're getting close to the end of 2019 and we always advocate for actually using some of the downtime of the holiday to even start to create your next year. So I would say when you've got this quality time, you have more days off and you've, you know, just the holidays, you got more time use that time to start to create your next year as a couple and don't look at social media as much. Actually go offline for a few days. We actually oh love boy. little mini. Some people just got scared by what yeah. you just said. <laughs> Turn it off airplane mode and use that. Do a day or two home retreat and start to create your next year. We always advocate that before the beginning of the year when you, it's like catch up, like, Oh my gosh, it's the new year. So let's get into hustle mode. Start to create that by going offline for a couple of days during the holiday, getting really clear on your next year. And on that note, I would just add to do that, create your couple's vision statement, like declare what your relationship represents, what you're out to co-create together for the next year, create that vision statement and then do it's a relationship audit, and we call it a, a family meeting worksheet, something that we provide for couples too. And it's pretty simple. You just actually get together, and there are 10 areas that make up your relationship from communication to intimacy to finances, social, leisure, health. And you go down and you put your own satisfaction level in that area. So like in communication, I would write down for me, what do I feel like my satisfaction is in our relationship? So maybe I'd say an eight. And the other partner themselves does the same thing. And maybe they put a six. But now what's great is you actually know where your partner is at. We cannot be in a relationship making assumptions about where our partner is at. So do an audit of all the areas of your relationship. Get on the same page. So now you know what to move forward and create that vision statement. And actually, we can just offer a, a gift to all the listeners we're giving our book away for free now, actually. So they can go to thenewpowercouple.com and in there can do everything we just mentioned, start to create that vision statement, have this be something you use to grow together, discover where you are, are you on the same page, get yourself on the same page and create your next year together so you can feel that happiness from the progress and the co-creation that is your relationship in 2020. Well, that is perfect because on every single episode, we try to give our listeners something actionable they can do to improve their relationship. So we will totally make that the Confident Couples Challenge of this episode to use the holidays to create their next year. And we will definitely include any links that you'd like us to in the show notes for this episode. So any of the resources you mentioned that you'd like to share, we'll make sure that that ends up in the notes here. Amazing. You two are doing incredible things and we're so grateful to be connected to you and your community and we are happy to answer any questions too. We're super social on Instagram, speaking of social media, <laughs> but don't do it during your off hours with your partner. Okay. Only on the on hours, reach out to us, message us. We're super social. Love to answer questions. 
And Perfect. I th- and I think the final thing then is like where I just want to make sure we get this documented for the recording. Where can people find you? Yeah. On social media. Good. Yeah. So we're meet M E E T. You've met the Freemans online now. Meet <laughs> underscore the Freemans. And you that should be able to direct you both on Instagram and Facebook, but we're most social on Instagram and we have a YouTube channel, which all of those are linked on our website too. So he mentioned the book link was thenewpowercouple.com. And then our main website is meetthefreemans.com. And that'll link you to all of our social. That's awesome. Perfect. Thank you too for joining us today. Thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks Thank for, you for having, having us. us. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Confident Couples Podcast. If we've helped your relationship in any way, we'd love to hear about it. That's what keeps us going and keeps us recording these episodes. Let us know by submitting an anonymous contact form at budandsarah.com or send an Instagram message to at budandsarah or best of all, leave a positive review on your podcast app. We hope to hear from you and we'll talk to you soon. Mm